Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 160 of On the Flank. I'm one of your hosts, John George, alongside Joe Kirkpatrick. Say hello, Joe. Hey, everybody. And Joe, kickoff clash is over. The first tournament is over, and we got some live Overwatch again. I think that's the headline right there, because we have live Overwatch again in Dallas, Texas, and it was amazing, and I was there in person, and it was amazing, Joe. Like, I wish everyone could have experienced this thing. Despite, I did end up getting COVID, which is sad. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But still, it was an amazing weekend. I I don't, it it was super fun. Um, I'm doing better now, by the way, everyone. So don't worry. Um, But yeah, what'd you you think of this weekend, Joe, from a perspective, I guess, of not being there? Yeah, not being there. But yeah, that's, um, it, it was definitely good to have um that whole kind of vibe back um <laughs> you know in terms of the 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 shows and the lights and the crowds and the signs and the um uh you know the on-site interviews and the um the echoes of the uh the casters <laughs> in the, in the audio it was like the very first couple matches they played was you know jarring to hear uh they had the big you know reverb from the venue but by the end of the weekend it's going to be weird to go back now um next weekend to the online matches when they're just in uh uh just back to their green screens but yeah um yeah if it was anything if it, you know if it was anything similar to you know what we were getting online uh you know just a really big feeling of um uh going back to um uh, the you know the, the those first couple years of the league where uh, we got we got lots of chances to have fun yeah definitely it's it it really is and not only next week or yeah next week it's gonna suck for midseason madness as well right because it's gonna be a downgrade unfortunately we're gonna have teams back in hawaii again and um obviously the apac teams over in apac playing each other uh, so we won't get we won't get a live crowd there either which is just sad uh to think about unfortunately we won't we won't get a taste of this again until um whatever the third one the summer showdown when it's in Toronto. But man, yeah, I agree, Joe. It's it's just great to have that feeling back for a big tournament like this. Oh, I mean, obviously, we've gotten live Overwatch before this uh, during COVID, uh, even this year, obviously, in San Antonio. Uh, but to have just a big championship moment in front of a crowd again, it just feels so good, um, especially when I now work for the team that ended up, ended up winning, of course, the LA Gladiators. <laughs> Um, oh yeah just uh if you if you go in the vod you can see me on stage with my camera which is great uh crazy that i was that i was there filming it um yeah it took me a second to recognize you i was kind of looking uh you know particularly obviously there when they won and they had all the people on the stage i was kind of looking around um anyway but it, it took until it took me until you made your um tweet that you did with like the screenshot uh, yeah. i'm like oh but because you're like facing the other direction <laughs> yeah yeah because <laughs> so i wouldn't I, I wouldn't be with them celebrating i wish i could <laughs> because i have to yeah. i have to film them um <laughs> but yeah um but before, i guess before we get into before i guess we spoiled the whole thing but uh we did <laughs> we did miss a uh we did miss a podcast unfortunately because i was traveling obviously to texas for that weekend so we missed a podcast last week we missed week talking about week four um and obviously i don't think too much of it is important at this point we did miss some like fun moments i guess in na specifically a lot of the matches were easily predictable um the only ones that weren't involved the london spitfire um and uh, there was a lot involved a lot of uh moments with the atlanta rain being the villains they usually are um that we i guess we never talked about uh but it's not really relevant anymore because atlanta i don't know at, at during week four atlanta was like on the downfall everyone was like this team sucks they're they're a bunch of babies our perspective is very different now because obviously they got third place in this tournament and they're nowhere near where they were that week. I think we, but if we can give some retrospect to that, uh, to that moment, Joe, I feel like we now could come out of it saying like, wow, London, the upset London beating Atlanta, maybe it's not that big of an upset. Like London really shaped the meta here in this tournament. 
and she and honestly i think after the gladiators played london i don't think they would have won the whole thing if they hadn't played london and like or at least copied what london was doing in their strats a little bit right joe yeah it was um definitely one of the the biggest stories out of that week four um uh from north america that wasn't um obviously the 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 gladiators reign match there at the end uh they they, yeah london really showed up if we had done a show last week um in advance of the kickoff clash uh my mvp i think probably would have gone to hottie uh (laughs) you know just for uh the the consistency um that he brought into that tank role that london hasn't really seen in a long time but uh but but yeah even beyond him i think this is definitely uh, a team to continue watching out for and i know it's um just because we're skipping all over the place in this show, uh, in the conversation about the midseason madness and, and teams qualifying to, for that, uh, I know London is uh, a team that a lot of people are concerned about, just in terms of um, the the qualification procedure and the points that they uh, may, or in this case, may not have. Um, oh yeah, towards that. But but yeah, definitely definitely a good shout out to them. Yeah, we are. Uh, we we definitely need to get into that in general because that I think is a hot topic right now. Um, the midseason madness qualifiers being a combination it can definitely bring a snowball effect to it but we'll we'll get to that later let's let's completely dive into the kickoff clash here um week four happened we got our final eight for the na and our final four for apac um and we go into the weekend and i think you know the shock the weekend sort of starts out with a big bang in na at least with with shock versus justice um, where the shock needed to reverse sweep and proper needed to carry uh, carry his entire team and to get this win and a three two win we were like oh my god either the justice are really turning up to this tournament the answer is ends up being no um, or the shock are <laughs> not showing up to this tournament um, so let's let's just start off talking about the shock in general here Joe because I I don't think they showed up to this tournament they did end up getting fourth. Um, but their only wins were against the Washington Justice in a very close fashion, three to two, and then a three-one game against Outlaws, where the Outlaws sort of choked it towards the end, in my opinion. Um, and then they got absolutely squashed by the Rain and the Fuel. So, um, where are you at the? Where are you at this moment with this team? Um, what What do you think? I mean, they obviously went undefeated, and then they came here. Do you think it's just their youth? Like, what was it? Their read on the meta? Like, what was it, Joe? Yeah, yeah I think there's not a lot to uh, to write off about Shock quite yet. Uh, I, I mean, you know, we mentioned, uh, like you said, they had a really good, you know, regular season, regular stage. Um, um, as far as that goes, with the the schedule that they had. Uh, and then, yeah, a couple of close matches. Uh, you know, once they finally got up to the stage to play, I think uh, I, I do think I would um, at least myself attribute a lot of that to um, to yeah the youth of the team and the rookies of the team. You know that nobody, um, with the exception of Violet, but yeah, surely surely Violet played on the stage, but but nobody else on that team um, has has had that opportunity. Uh, and so that's you know that that's significant. That's definitely a contributing factor, I think. Um, you know, regardless of what the outcome was, but that's a, uh, a contributing factor to anybody's performance. Even if they win, I think you know that's going to be uh, relevant when talking about a team. Um, um, but yeah, that being said, um, definitely not you know as as high as they wanted to be. Not as um, um, significant a performance as you know we could have seen. But um, I, I, like I said, I'm not I'm not quite in a position where we, I think they're worth writing off. And we've already seen even today, um, just because again we're skipping around because we love to do that. Um, the, you know, clearly they've, there's already decisions in mind for them um, of where they can go and what kinds of changes they can make um, um, as as we're we're going in next. Obviously, talking about the signing of uh, Mikey. Yeah, they signed Mikey. They announced that today. And I think that points to that usually maybe tells a little bit of a story for sure, Joe. Like maybe that's I think that was the biggest issue in a weekend where like the team with the most flexible tank ended up winning. And that was the Los Angeles Gladiators with Reiner. 
who was just able to flex onto every single different meta comp you could. He played Zarya sometimes, but he was mainly huge on the Doom, huge on the Winston, and could play the Rhine. Like, he was playing everything for them. Obviously, Space would come in for Sigma, um, but Kaluz just wasn't able to do it. You know, they just had to they had to one trick what they could play. And it was clear that in this tournament, the teams that could play the most variety of comps and win that rock, paper, scissors most of the time um, on each different map and what's meta on each different map, those were the best teams in this tournament. And the shock just they didn't have that flexibility. And I think they they even they knew it um, because they obviously signed Mikey here to give them more flexibility in that tank role. Um, So I think it's clear. I think it's come clear to a lot of people with one tank on their team. I think you could say that about the Outlaws, too, who ended up just like having to depend on that Dante Doom so much this entire stage, even in this tournament, to the point where it's like, yeah, you just, Piggy just cannot play enough. Um, so it's like, you gotta just get another tank in there. I think it's clearly becoming a a huge, huge thing here at the beginning of Overwatch 2. And the Gladiators just really lucked out. They have Reiner, who is just a flex god, apparently, uh, and can just play a, a bunch of different heroes here, a bunch of different main tanks, um, which has been just so helpful to them. Um, but yeah, that was the Shocks weekend. Let, let's talk about the Atlanta Reign. Why do you think, Joe, that they were able to turn up so well after such like a disappointing weekend, obviously, to finish off the kickoff clash where everyone was like... Um, ranking this team super low they ended up getting a seventh seed um but they were picked last still which means obviously teams still respect this atlanta rain team and know they're super talented um we saw a decent amount of gator but uh, they really started depending on hawk more and more as the tournament went on end up getting third they it looked like they were going to give dallas fuel a little bit of run on their money there in the lower bracket final but um ended up being not close at all towards the last couple maps there what do you think about the Reigns' performance? Are, do you think they're still one of the top teams here? Would you even rank them above Shock? I mean, they finished above Shock here. Um, where where are they? I mean, we're not doing power ratings yet, but in your mind right now, preliminarily, where are they uh, in your mind here in NA, Joe? Yeah, I think um, you're right. We're not doing power rankings yet, but I think there is not a lot of reason. Um, <laughs> I mean similar to Shaq. I think not a lot of reason to count them out just based on this one tournament. I think we saw lots of good things uh, really from every team, first of all. Uh, <laughs> there's there's basically a player um, on on every team in this tournament um, in both regions that, you know, it's definitely worth a shout out. But um, uh, so, so, for example, I, I think about Kai and um, <laughs> the ways in which um, he was really able to show up uh, and the the DPS role here, uh, taking some some widow duels that are uh, you know traditionally not uh, not very easy, you know not very um, quickly won um, <laughs> against lots of these teams. Uh, whether that's when they, uh, for some reason I had in my head, I don't know. I think it's something different. Um, widow duels. <laughs> and, and DPS and Kai is playing well. Um, the, the, you know, not that that's the only the only um, thing worth mentioning there, but it definitely significant uh, and definitely a, a plus there for Atlanta. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, if there's anything about Atlanta, you should know it's it's that they clearly have some of the best talent in the league still. Even Ultra, Ultraviolet looking great this year. Uh, I think Hawk is still a great flexible option for them at tank. And like you mentioned, like their DPS is just, they're just all cracked, honestly. Um, no matter who they're bringing in, Kai, Nero, Venom, all these DPS players are really good on this team. Um, and yeah, Kai and the Widow, just nuts. I remember our coaches, well, obviously Anter, who used to coach for the Reign, now with the Gladiators. He just, he would just be like, God, he would be so sick of Kai. He'd be like, please just stop. Stop picking us off, Kai. Obviously, the Gladiators destroyed them. Um, but I just remember Hunter so frustrated because he's like, how am I supposed to coach this? You know, how am I supposed to tell, what am I supposed to tell my players when Kai is popping off like this? Um, but yeah, rain still good. Let's move on to uh, obviously. Okay. I, I should preface. We aren't talking about these bottom four teams at all. I've just, we've just been talking about the top four. 
I don't really have much to say about the bottom four teams. None of them did anything that surprised me, really. I They're all at my expectations. Before I move on to the fuel, Joe, do you have anything about to say to say about the Justice Mayhem Defiant Outlaws? Uh, other than, you know, that it was good to see them, um, <laughs> you know, in the tournament as far as that goes. Um, and like I said, there are definitely players to shout out, um, uh, whether that's um, including players like Decay, for example, in the Washington uh, Shock match in particular, that really um, were able to push them to the edge. Uh, or, uh, like, again, the duo of um, uh, someone and Hydron and Sir on Florida um, that are just still super successful for that team. I mean, um, yeah, there's definitely still strengths on these two that definitely still. Uh, uh, you know, just to watch out for that. The, there's nothing going away uh, when we step into um, these next couple tournament rounds or the next couple tournament uh, cycles. Yeah, yeah. Um, and based off the snowballiness of it, we might just get the same eight teams. Who knows? It's, it's honestly pretty likely um, because everyone obviously got qualification points, which is very helpful. Um, but yeah, you mentioned Decay. It seemed like something was up with Decay again. I don't know. Every once in a while, Washington just benches them, benches him, and it makes me get the feeling that maybe he's tilted after they got reverse swept. Um, but happy was nuts for them. Uh, Pelican, absolute hard carry for the Houston Outlaws. Um, yeah, yeah, it's good to shout him out too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he had that just insane moment on Coliseo. I think um, that has been all over Twitter. Uh, but yeah, those four teams, I think they're still competitive and can give top teams runs for their money, but uh, they're just on their own tier for now. Uh, whereas Atlanta, Shock, and Fuel, I think, are also on their own tier. And debated, debatably, Gladiators are just by themselves at the top at this point after their dominance. Let's talk about the Fuel. Obviously, they hosted this um, this weekend. I bet they were super happy to see their fans, and they kind of swept swept the floor with every other team they played besides the gladiators but man they they just got rolled by the glads and then they were able to roll basically everybody else um but my concern for the fuel at this point is um are they like starting to turn into a fusion of the west here joe are they starting to become like a (laughs) second place only team it's been a while obviously they won the first tournament last year but it's been a while, right? They've been sort of just floating at the top and not the very top. Do you see Fuel ever returning back to the top? Does this Did this tournament worry you a little bit that they just weren't able to... The fact they weren't able to flex as hard as the Gladiators would were here? Like, do you even think they would have gotten that? Do you think home field advantage might have helped them a lot? Like, what do you think about the Fuel right now, Joe? Where, where, where's your mind at with them? Yeah, it's it's definitely interesting perspective. Um, <laughs> in terms of like the the fusion of the West, I hadn't uh, made that connection before. But I mean, certainly in this uh, certainly in this tournament cycle that played out, um, I, a lot of the story, um, you know, particularly even from the the analysts and stuff thinking about this um, about this team in this tournament. Uh, was talking about uh, you know that some of the some of the, de- the dependencies that this team has um, that they're able to to lead into and 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 uh, super effectively use to their advantage, um, but but the ways that um, you know other teams eventually are going to be able to catch on so to speak uh, and and try to come up with something for themselves uh, that that can answer back, um, and, and and there was there was some of that in play I think here for sure. Um, you know, with with the matches that they played, you know, um, although it took them all the way to the um, uh, to, to the end to, to finally to that gladiators match, which um, I'm sure we'll get into, but um, uh, yeah, it's, it's it is definitely interesting. I, I don't think of Dallas as um, uh, super, uh, you, you know, ironclad at this point. I think it's fair to say that the. Um, they're they're consistent and they've they've got uh, you know clear clear skills and clear strengths that are hard to um, hard to manage too much. But at the same time, uh, yeah, the, kind of the confusion. You know, they're not uh, they're not quite rock steady um, in a way that um, both this franchise has been before and that we um, have wanted to see out of this franchise before. Um, 
in in several seasons past. Yeah, I, I agree. Maybe they just obviously they brought in some names. Maybe they didn't change too much here in the off season. Maybe they needed to change a bit more. Um, who knows? Because obviously, very successful roster and names involved here, but so many of the other teams just make so many changes. Even the rain make make tons of changes obviously shock completely revamped gladiators um lots of changes uh fuel mostly the same with just a couple additions um despite them not even making the finals last year you know they it, it felt like in the offseason they acted like they were the shanghai dragons as well maybe they just needed a couple more uh more big changes and you know hanbin is the best zarya but zarya just wasn't good on every map and every point so what are you gonna do when Hanbin's like when Hanbin's playing Zarya? Like Dallas looked like the scariest team in this entire tournament. But when Fearless was in, or when Hanbin was on a uh, different hero, they just looked very beatable. So, um, yeah, Dallas is clearly clearly the the people who were who were advocates for like get really good at one comp and just play that all the time. And that just did not work at all in this tournament because the gladiators just figured out what you need to do. And it's just be as flexible as you possibly can and play to your advantages on every single map. Um, you know, play play to what comp your team is best at on every single map and what comp you think is best on every single map. Um, and I think their strategy just worked out. So let's get into the Gladiators who just dominated this North America weekend completely. They only lost one map to the Fuel. It was King's Row. Um, they 3-0 Outlaws, 3-1 Fuel, 3-0 Atlanta Rain, 4-0 Fuel in the Grand Final. Absolutely dominant performance. Just fantastic performances from everyone. They used every single person on that team. Um, they always bring in on... Payload, they'll basically always bring in uh, Ons to snipe and skewed for Brig. And um, if it's on circuit, they'll bring in Sigma, space for Sigma. Like, they just use every facet of, of this roster. They figured out the meta perfectly on every single map. Um, and I got to give, as someone who is there in the locker room, I got to give huge props <laughs> to this coaching staff. I'll be honest. Like, just watching them work is is amazing to me um face hunter and smash uh they're all three of them it, it's face is listed as the head coach but it really feels like face lets not only like hunter and smash act as head coach but the players like they really trust the players and their opinions and i think that's a huge huge difference from other coaching staffs i've seen in esports like face does not act like he is the dictator really he doesn't say this is what we do he says do you think this is what we should do or like what do you think we should do i think that's absolutely huge um especially for players like reiner who did not have a coach until this point on american tornado it was just them as players like and they dominated and were beating overwatch league teams in scrims so why would reiner ever believe in coaching i guess um so the fact that they're like hands-off approach and like all, everyone's a team approach works so well with everyone there is just it's it's absolutely huge. They absolutely figured out the meta, and not to mention this team is insanely talented. That's probably one of the biggest biggest things here. Um, God, just in my mind, they are just on another tier. They dominated this tournament. What are your thoughts, Joe? I mean, that's a good assessment as far as that goes. It, um, you know, in some ways, you have uh, the the ultimate perspective, like you're talking about from uh, from your new job now. But yeah, the uh, the the prospects here are uh, incredibly high and incredibly positive, um, <laughs> and it's it's exciting to see where uh, where this team is headed and how far they're headed. Because I mean, if we think about their um, uh, their status, uh, you know, preseason and some of the concerns we were talking about um, with this roster, and a lot of it had to do with um, uh, the, the, a lot of it had to do with the rookies and 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 pulling things together. And you know, is this going to be uh, too much too soon, or is this going to be uh, you know, th this going to take a while for them to sort of get tuned up? Um, and it's just very um, 
well, I shouldn't say it wasn't the case, but but by now, you know, uh, you know, clear, clearly they've come up with a system that works, and they're um, uh, acutely ready, uh, you know, for whatever is going to get thrown their way, um, and that's that's definitely exciting to watch. Yeah, it is. It is very exciting to watch. I mean, everyone on this team just—they're clicking together. Uh, they just—they have a fantastic read on the meta. Took them a little bit to warm. Or I think those were getting reverse swept, huge for their character. I I really believe. Like I, I think that helped them a ton. Um, and getting that experience going to five maps is absolutely big. And they got a super easy midseason madness uh, schedule here. So expect them to see in Hawaii. See them in Hawaii for sure. Um, but let's give our MVPs out, I guess, because they're both from the Gladiators. Um, Mine is Reiner, uh, because like I mentioned on this podcast, I think he is just right now the the most flexible main tank and tank in Overwatch 2. Uh, and I think that was a huge, huge reason why the Gladiators were able, were able to win. The fact that he was able to play competent and play well on so many different main tanks on so many different maps enabled this team to play so many different compositions to uh, to perf- almost perfection on all of them, which is crazy. Um, so mine's mine's Reiner. Who who you giving MVP to, Joe? Oh yeah, I mean, my my uh, MVP nods going to Potiphon. Um coming in, you know, literally uh, fresh off of uh, an entirely different game uh, uh, from Valorant, and I forget exactly. Um, you know how far how far he got or what kind of uh, accolades, but I know you know he's he's won tournaments in in Valorant just like this. Um, but coming off you know shaking off the dust uh, from Overwatch had a really uh, significant Overwatch career you know back uh, in history, um, and and stepping in and um, enduring some of the the flack and enduring some of the um, the questions uh, from the the first couple. Uh, the first couple of weeks of the season uh, and really being able to to bring that home uh, it's it's a, a statement uh, in a lot of ways and uh, to see him reacting uh, you know in real time to, uh, to you know to, to the win and to the tournament results uh, there last weekend was was absolutely something else oh yeah I mean if you haven't seen the winning moments go rewatch like just seeing this guy oh, just break down like you could tell how much pressure he had on him um, just reading. I mean, he's a young kid. All these young kids are just constantly on Twitter or Reddit. Like, he, he sees what everyone's writing about him, um, you know? So I, I, I got to give it to you, too, Joe. Like, that's a great MVP choice, straight up, because I think he he went from being almost a liability to a lot of people in a lot of people's eyes based off his soldier stats at the beginning of this kickoff clash to him literally winning some maps for them on Soldier here in this tournament, especially against the Dallas Fuel on Route 66. Man, it literally just won that won an entire team fight for them, and it's just nuts. Um, and it was great to see. The coaches love love this dude, um, and they just they truly believe in this guy, uh, despite his struggles here at the beginning of the season. He really honed in on Soldier and got super good at it. Um, and I'm excited to see him on other heroes besides Soldier now that Soldier's getting nerfed uh, most likely here for this next patch. So, yeah, very, very good job by him and Reiner. And honestly, all the Glads, they all did really good and a, and a bunch of other great performances in NA. We still got APAC to talk about, baby, here, Joe. Sorry, I know you're a f- Fusion <laughs> oh, fan. Yeah, I know you're a Fusion fan. You might not want to relive <laughs> it. Uh-oh. Yeah, it was a little... Um... Uh, you, you know, he was uh, a little ominous, a little uh, uh, foreboding. Uh, we, we went into week four. Uh, going into week four, uh, Philly Fusion were 2-0, 6-0 in maps. <laughs> and then they lost their next five maps. Uh, actually, not quite. The next four, maybe. Uh, <laughs> against Seoul and Chengdu. Uh, and barely came in with, I believe, the number four seed um, <laughs> in this tournament. Yeah, I mean, you know, on brand ultimately, but uh, still not uh, not where you wanted to be, and certainly not after um, that week three. Yeah, this has got to be like a very 
one of the most on-brand Philly Fusion things I've ever seen. Um, this whole tournament, just click it, not even the tournament, the qualifiers too. I end up going three and three there, finishing like just barely making it, like you said. And you just have, it's just two completely different Philly Fusion teams who are showing up on the day. It's like, which one am I going to get? Um, because you literally just, one day they will just dominate Shanghai or dumpster on like they did in the upper bracket final. And you're like, oh my God. Like, I, I mean, just look at their bracket run here. Uh, beat Hangzhou and then just 3-0 Shanghai. And you're like, oh my God, Philly Fusion. They, they might win something. No, not a chance. Not a chance. They were going to win. <laughs> Sorry. Nope. Um, <laughs> But yeah, the big story here, I guess, we, we talk we joke about the Philly Fusion. I guess the biggest story here, though, is the Seoul Dynasty, who they finally win something. Um, I don't know if they, I don't think they have won anything. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, when we got to the finals, the story was, you know, either Philly's going to redeem themselves after, you know, how many seasons of what we've seen out of Philly, or it's going to be Seoul's first title of anything. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, and, uh, then that's what we got. <laughs> Literally, it's like a redeeming fact. I remember seeing an image somewhere that was basically just Seoul getting knocked out by Shanghai in like almost every tournament last year, um, and they hadn't like they hadn't really beaten Shanghai in a big game since um, they knocked Shanghai out of playoffs in 2020 to make the finals. Uh, so yeah, apparently, apparently that's the longest running. Um overwatch league rivalry in terms of like number of matches that teams have played mm, wow like no team has played more matches against each other than Seoul and shanghai apparently. wow that rivalry nuts uh, and that was the true like final that's my match to rewatch um was the three two there weren't many three two games or five map games this weekend um that just like shows you like i guess the quality of these of this gameplay that we're still that we still all think like, oh my god, this weekend was amazing, despite two four zero grand finals, barely any close games. Everyone was just, all the games were just super fun despite that. Um, but yeah, my game to rewatch was Seoul Shanghai because I thought that felt like a true final to me um, because it was just so back and forth. It's so close. New Queen Street was so close. Like, oh god, just such a fun match to go back and rewatch. Um, and Shanghai just just falls short, and. I don't know. It makes you wonder almost like Shanghai has gotten dumpstered by the Philly Fusion now twice. 3-0 both times in the kickoff clash. Makes you really wonder if Shanghai would have won that lower bracket final if Philly ends up winning the grand final or if that Philly Fusion would have just showed up again and Shanghai would have won. Who knows? Um, but man, Seoul, we gotta give, I really like the Seoul roster, I must say. Um, and while I wouldn't this isn't like a gladiators performance where I would put them like a top tier on their own. I could see them like starting to run away with APAC as the best team, at least um, right now. Like I'm convinced they're the best team. Um, I'm impressed with what they've shown so far. Um, even without, uh, they were supposed to have Jonak this year and they ended up uh, not having him. It didn't matter. They, they used both their, their two supports very well. Smurf has been great. Um, so yeah, overall, like, gotta give to Soul. Anything to add on about Soul, Joe? Yeah, I believe, um, just thinking about stats, I believe that also makes Smurf, like, the most decorated Overwatch League player or something, uh, from Probably. having been on, um, San Francisco and, uh, now this title was Soul. But yeah, the, um, whatever, whatever. Uh, Soul Dynasty paid for profit. Uh, it was not enough. <laughs> uh, they needed to have paid more for him. <laughs> uh, it's insane. Because yeah, he, you know, we joke about playoff profit, and then we joke when he doesn't show up. But um, he showed up. Uh, he, he, yeah, he showed up. <laughs> he did show up this weekend. I will tell you that. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of people like putting him in the goat conversation. Which is fair because we barely have any players from like that original season that are still in the league and still dominating as much as profit is. Um, so, I, like, I don't know. I don't know if goat argument is up there or not, but like, I will say I think he's the best remaining player from that first season for sure. Uh, he he still is consistently like just putting out his output is just nuts, um, and I wish Carpe honestly was up there as well with with profit 
Um, they had to they had to bring Carpe in because uh, MN3 just was not doing it against Seoul whatsoever. So that was rough. Um, but yeah, I, Profit, man. This guy is just crazy. Um, from, from the first season uh, finals MVP all the way here, still still dominate like he's not just he isn't just sitting on this roster and being carried either joe like he is the carry he is the he is the best player here and it is clear so uh very cool to see um besides that you had hong joe spark in there who were the first to get knocked out and yeah that's despite earning the number one seed <laughs> which is notable <laughs> yeah i mean like <laughs> I, i'm not i'm not too surprised um, I, I wish they would have put on a better performance, but they were they did face the two teams that ended up in the finals. Uh, so maybe you could consider them third, but probably not because Shanghai is pretty dang good. It, like Hangzhou's just, I, I just don't know if they're good enough to fit in with these other three who I think are the, just the clear top three here, um, which is sad for them because, I mean, they have the talent. It's just up to the coaching. So we'll see if they get there. Maybe they get a good meta, something like that. Um, but how about Shanghai? Any worries for Shanghai, Joe, before we finish here with APAC um, and move on to the news? Any any worries for the Shanghai Dragons, the, the defending champions, obviously? Um, not the most dominant uh, kickoff clash whatsoever, but I don't think last year they were that good in the first, first uh, tournament either. Do you think they just turn it on next? Could you see them just turning it on and going back to that championship form again? It's certainly possible, yeah. As we, you know, continue to learn more about um, the game and teams try to figure each other out and all that, um, in in and yeah, I think um, they're definitely not at the, you know, two tiers above any other uh, team in Asia position that there were, uh, you know, middle and end of last season. Um, but I don't think that's number one. I don't think that's a bad thing. But number two. Um, the, you know, because we because we get good matches, but number two, um, they they still are really good. You know, <laughs> we were able to see that pretty clearly with how how well they were able to play um, Seoul both times they played uh, in particular uh, again, and then also had the match against Philly. Um, uh, but, but yeah, def- definitely not um, uh, not not concerned for that team, and I've been saying that for all the teams, but really not concerned for uh, for these playoff teams at this point. Um, uh, I mean, certainly as long as as long as Genji stays relevant, uh, I'm I'm sure Shanghai still will too. Oh yeah, big time. Um, all right. Before we move on to the news, I guess quick update on our pickums. Uh, I am destroying Joe now because of because of the <laughs> Overwatch League's incompetence. Let's be honest. Yes, it's. Uh, <laughs> I refuse to take any responsibility. <laughs> it was straight up like so. I, this was obviously a huge thing. Was like everyone was like, "Why is the Pickums like? Why are they messed up? Why? Why does the bracket not reverse in the lower bracket? Why? Why are we getting the same matchups?" And then the league realized, like, "Oh yeah, the Pickums are wrong." Um, and then literally the day before, so Joe, you obviously did your Pickums on Monday or something, um, or something. And yeah. then the day before, they tweeted out like. By the way, if you did your pickums before, right now, like we reset everything because we were wrong and we did the bracket wrong, and um, Joe got screwed over by that. And I, I kind of feel bad because I was like, "Dang, I, I, <laughs> I should have told you. I didn't realize you did it um, because I, I waited to the last second to do it, and it, it worked out in my favor." Um, yeah. So, so I had, I had no picks for this tournament. Um, I don't even remember at this point who or you know what my picks looked like i think i did have gladiators in the na finals uh, but i probably didn't have soul <laughs> in the in the asia finals i wouldn't think um but yeah so at at the end of the um week four of the qualifiers i was up by 17 points and now i'm down <laughs> by uh 27 so yeah and honestly <laughs> most of that is not even like it's not even the like I only got 20 points from the kickoff clash I didn't do that well I picked gladiators to win so that's that was big but um it was the crystal ball picks Joe it was that that you missed at the beginning 
Um, that's true. I miss I miss those as well. So I, I was sure to lock those in like as soon as they came. I got twenty four for the next. I got twenty four points from that because I chose four wow. teams that all made it to the kickoff clash. But you get bonus points if you chose the winner. Um, and I chose both the winners. I chose Gladiators and I chose Soul. So. I got a lot of points from that. <laughs> I think I got perfect points, which apparently is 24. Um, yeah. So those two things are, yeah, that's big. Um, <laughs> uh, do they have, they have crystal ball picks again. So you got to make sure to do them for, for midseason madness. This one is way, yeah, this one's going to, that's what I'm saying. I this one's going to be way easier to pick. Like just pick the top two teams in the standings right now for East and West. And you'll probably get it right. Um, but yeah, uh, let's move on to news. Uh, there was an Overwatch 2 uh, developer blog, another one. Uh, even while Overwatch 2 isn't happening, they're still putting out blogs, which is nice. This one, they went into detail on like um, designing heroes, uh, specifically Moira. They went through like different iterations for like a new ability for Moira to make her more skill-based, which they have been working on doing that, like feels like since she came out. Um so yeah they went through this whole thing with a pain converter different abilities called like nullify purge weaken um and uh, yeah they ended up on weekend weaken which I, I don't think they said is the final iteration uh, but basically just trying to make moira more skill based by like uh giving her an, a, a like a little like skill shot that is kind of similar to sleep dart but instead of putting someone to sleep it just when they get hit by it their damage goes down um, so it seems like they're really they're kind of focusing on more like damage reduction type abilities, which I think a lot of people agree that would be a nice version of like a CC because you don't get stunned, but damage is huge in the game now. Um, so bringing people's damage down is actually pretty impactful. Um, but yeah, I read this a week ago. I can't remember much of it. Anything to add on, Joe, that you thought was cool in there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that was really basically the... Um, the the sum of it, just using Moira as an example for some of the, the things they're looking at, um, and yeah, they they outlined this uh, damage and you know outgoing healing reduction ability of Weaken may or may not actually make it to the next beta, um, but you know it's, it's good to hear from them. It's basically the 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 summary of it at that point. Um, it's just that it was good to hear, um, and it's uh, you know good news in terms of I mean um, a week from yesterday. Uh, so I guess that's opening day of the mid-season madness tournament is when we get this big uh, Overwatch 2 like news content drop thing um, on the 16th. So that ought to be interesting as well. Yeah, definitely will be. Um, you already have people like tweeting thing, tweeting cryptic things. I think Jaws tweeted that the mid-season madness meta is going to be nuts, um, basically implying that whatever change they're making in Overwatch 2 right now is insane and then one of the lead developers saying that everyone's going to be very pleased with what they announce next week um which don't don't hype us up you know everyone is going to complain now if it's not good <laughs> or if it's not good enough everyone is going to be upset um but yeah uh, everyone's like everyone on reddit was like was like pitching this insane shit and i was like oh no like the expectations have been set <laughs> so high now because um, in the comments everyone's just like oh my god Overwatch 2 is going to be free to play and it's going to come out like now and all this stuff and I'm like oh no <laughs> everyone's going to be disappointed aren't they uh, but yeah apparently it's going to be exciting or there's going to be some wacky change that will make the meta nuts in the midseason madness so we'll see what happens um, the Overwatch 1 game still exists though Joe <laughs> and and they <laughs> they crazy. did experimental patch notes for the first time in a very long time i feel like um anything significant there's a lot of changes in there anything significant there are there are a lot of changes and some of them came uh more or less directly from uh overwatch 2 um uh, you know sort of trying to transition some of these new um uh, hero abilities and and perspectives uh obviously not all that's possible because uh, we still have two tanks for example uh so all of the all of that balance stuff is still relevant but um uh so for example orissa um 
uh, I, I may end up going through a lot of these, but because a lot of heroes got touched, but but Arissa, uh, her barrier is much more has much more health now, uh, but only lasts four seconds down from twenty on this. What uh, the? <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's like it's more. Um, uh, and the the cooldown went up a little bit too, so it's like it's like a almost like a you know flash it for a cooldown kind of thing, like to intercept something, uh, than to actually use a. Uh, as a shield, which is interesting, but to compensate her, the spread on her weapon was removed and the halt radius was increased by um, 40%. Um, but I, I mean, you know, th just as a as a 6v6 kind of Arisa change is interesting. Um, but for example, Ryan got his charge cancel, uh, is on the experimental card, uh, experimental patch now. Um, uh, notably, uh, Cassidy, his combat roll gives you 50% damage reduction while, while you're rolling, uh, which is something. Um, Sombra got a little bit of a change. Um, uh, Farah got a buff. Junkrat got a buff. Torb got a buff. Uh, Zen got his big kick. Uh, is, is the new, <laughs> the new passive deals 50% more damage and has knockback. Um, so again, that's like what we've seen obviously in uh in the overwatch 2 beta um but yeah it's interesting stuff to be sure um and um yeah inter <laughs> interesting stuff is, is the ultimate point yeah. there uh that that presumably some of this will go through you know as they're trying to transition the the live pvp uh to this um overwatch 2 beta pvp yeah but um yeah, it'll be interesting to see. How yeah, goes. and at least like give the, I guess the uh, pro players a little less to complain about if they make the um, Overwatch one a little bit closer to Overwatch two, because obviously that's, that's true obviously too. that's the only one, only way they can play ranked. So, um, or practice, I guess, is through Overwatch one in ranked. So nice. Um, ooh, there's a community update. Um. Yeah, there was, and so um, yeah. Then this has been a while ago now. It's probably going to be on our last show. If I oh remember, yeah, yeah, right? okay, um, yeah, I remember this. <laughs> so so nothing nothing new if you've already seen it in the last couple of weeks. But uh, confirming that uh, the mid season madness will uh, send the uh, North American teams to Hawaii uh, to play this cross region tournament. Uh, they confirmed that uh, the mid season madness will be on this. Um, last uh, beta patch that was available to the public, uh, so that's the one that added the Zen Kick um, most significantly, um, which means presumably whatever balance change goes into the next um, beta period uh, will not be in this uh, next monthly cycle, which is a little unfortunate, but I mean they haven't, they probably haven't been playing it anyway. So. Uh, and they did confirm, uh, or they mentioned again, the, the recolors of the tournament skins that'll be coming. Uh, so we'll see the recolor of the, um, um, Reaper is the name of the character, <laughs> uh, Luchador skin, uh, for the Soul Dynasty and for the LA Gladiators, uh, that'll become available at some point as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I just noticed just looking at the article, like, the original one is already like Soul Dynasty colored, honestly, so it kind of fits perfectly. Uh, but I'm, I'm super excited for those recolors. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I am a little sad about Hawaii, but um, I will say teams are already back to scrimming, so they are scrimming on whatever patch they're going to be using. Um, so we'll see. I guess they already know. That's why Jaws tweeted that the midseason madness um, patch is going to be ours nuts or whatever. Or the meta is going to be insane, so. Uh. That's true, and I guess the other thing they announced uh, was a small tweak to the schedule based on um, the teams in Asia having to um, not travel um, to the to the midseason madness, so they'll actually be starting a week late. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, in the tournament, so that while the last week of uh, APAC teams competing North American can travel and then the next week they'll have the tournament so that nobody gets a bye week basically yep, that was very smart of them um, yeah. good change good change um, alright let's get into uh, specific um, moves here 
uh, roster moves because there were a good amount. Uh, as far as coaching goes, Toronto head coach KDG has left. He is gone. Um, and I think a lot of people are happy about it, um, especially Logics, who is no longer on the team, but was on the team when <laughs> KG, KDG was there. Um, he has often on stream mentioned that KDG just shut him out of the team, basically. They had their own Korean Discord at points um, where English players were not allowed in. And basically, he just isolated a lot of people um, and apparently just wasn't a great coach overall. Um, so I think a lot of people, at least the player-wise, are are happy that it, that he's gone. I I think... I mean, he had success with the Philly Fusion roster at some point, but he was super talented. And since then, it's just been downhill um, for, for this man. So uh, he just has had no success with Toronto, despite how talented this roster is. So, um, yeah. Did they announce that one of the coaches was moving into head coach? Or what, what did they announce anything? Uh, I don't remember quite what all uh, came alongside that, but... Uh... But yeah, at least that primary change. Yeah, they got Yang One and Moby Dick right now as um, their two assistant coaches. So assume one of them right now is just coaching them, but they haven't announced anything else. Um, but in my opinion, good move. Any anything to add, Joe? Uh, yeah. Other than you know, primarily my other thought was just thinking about that it's um, one of the first uh, changes that we've seen. Uh, you know, presumably in response to. Uh, you know, um, uh, kickoff clash performance and all this kind of stuff. You know that the Toronto is ready to to shake to shake some things up, uh, as traditionally as a franchise uh, they have continued to be. Yeah, coaching coaching matters a lot. I'm going to be honest; it matters a lot. Um, so I think I think this is a change because I think you have two teams there in the same tier, and it's Toronto and Washington, who I think are both way more talented than when they're where they're punching right now and i think you can easily just attribute that that, that to the coaches to be honest <laughs> um so yeah uh, making that big change uh, is going to be good a team that like is not punching uh, above their weight as far as talent goes did need to get a new coach as well and that is the vancouver titans who um decided to uh get rid of flubby and pew they also uh ditched psycho um, and their one addition has been Depay, former head coach of the Los Angeles Gladiators, he is coming back to the league, and he will be coaching um, definitely his least talented roster he's ever had uh, in the Vancouver Titans here, starting with this midseason madness here. Um, I think that's a pretty fine addition. Hopefully they didn't have to spend too much money on him because I think they need some more talent here. For sure, to be to get to the next step, it's not just going to take Depay, but I definitely think Depay will help uh, at least a little bit. Maybe even get them a win. They have an insanely hard schedule: Gladiators, Houston, Atlanta, Dallas, San Francisco. Um, so I don't know if the win's going to come here, but they could be more competitive, right, Joe? Oh yeah, no, yeah, no. I think it's definitely uh, definitely a good step for them uh, on their way to you know bigger and better things and all this kind of stuff. Um, and and he, you know we can't can't argue with uh, with Depay and uh, his record with with lots of good teams. So yeah, I mean yeah, good good uh, good pickup. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I will always be surprising surprised when Titans make a good pickup and surprisingly happy. And <laughs> so yeah, good job. Uh, next is uh, Guangzhou Charge dropped Mali. Um, I, I guess not too much of a surprise. Guangzhou Charge has been sort of uh, <clears throat> struggling here. Been using Unique and Faraway most of the time anyways. Molly was on the bench all last year for Shanghai. Uh, now Molly is uh, no longer on the bench. He is gone. So no more Molly for Guangzhou. <clears throat> Nothing much more to add there for me. Yeah, I don't know that... Uh... I don't know that that's going to fix all your problems. Uh, I know uh, at the time when this news came out, there was speculation that uh, maybe there would be other players to follow, but that hasn't uh, come to fruition at this point. But, uh, but yeah, it's something, uh, and we'll see. You know, as how this next term cycle goes for him. 
Yep, we will. Um, we mentioned this earlier, but the Shock signed Mikey. Uh, if you don't remember Mikey, he was in the league for a little bit on the Boston Uprising, actually. Um, mainly came in as a wrecking ball specialist. Um, and now he is back uh, to main tank for the San Francisco Shock team. Uh, but yeah, he's got a great history in contenders. Uh, he, uh, he, I feel like he played maybe a map for the Uprising, but he just hasn't got much experience in the league. Uh, but he's been great for Maryville Esports and on a bunch of different contenders teams. And like I said earlier, I think this is what the Shock needs. They need more flexibility at a tank. So hopefully he helps out. What do you think of the signing, Joe? Oh yeah, yeah. You'll know. You know. You know. I will always uh, shout out the Collegiate Overwatch too, uh, which obviously he's been a part of. Um, uh, but yeah, it's the you know good to have that kind of flexibility. Good to have uh, those resources for you uh, as the San Francisco Shock. Um, and, and yeah, I'll be interested to see how uh, how and when and you know to what extent um, he and Collusion end up interacting. Yeah. Um, for sure. Oh my god, I completely forgot about this next piece of news. Um, yeah, this just dropped in the, like the middle of the tournament last week, basically. Uh, so that's why I completely forgot about it. But Paris is becoming the first Overwatch League team to relocate, um, like in their name. Uh, obviously, other teams have relocated to different cities, uh, but they have kept their name, they've kept their branding. Paris is becoming the first team in the league to change their city to from Paris to Las Vegas, uh, becoming the one and only Las Vegas Overwatch League team. The Vegas Eternal is most likely what they're maybe. maybe. <laughs> it's most likely what they're going to be called. We'll see if they change their name completely. This has happened in Call of Duty League a bunch at this point. I think like three times maybe. I don't know. Um, but I know Boston, like a, I think either Chicago or someone moved to Boston. Uh, last year so this has been happening if you're new to this as an overwatch fan it's happened to call of duty a bunch already uh, it happens in real sports obviously too um but that obviously the paris org has been struggling with money you can tell in the rosters they're putting out and how they have to um if they want to sign someone new they have to get rid of someone else obviously when they signed wub they had to get rid of naga which is sad um, so it looks like they're just selling their team off to someone else who has more money and wants to actually commit to things probably and hopefully. Uh, I think the biggest loss here is we're down to one European team, which I think in Call of Duty League, because they are also relocating their Paris Call of Duty League team, I think that was like the last European team in Call of Duty League. I'm not sure, though. Um, yeah, so, know. yeah so much for a global league i guess we got one one last european team and we've got another western united states team of which we have an insane amount of already um so that's like i think the main complaint from everyone is like why vegas um especially people that are from the midwest which both me and joe are i think we're like chicago please like anything in the midwest like give us something um but I think in general, everyone is like, like the general sentiment from online as far as city goes. Everyone's like, please like do more European teams, <laughs> um, because there's so many American teams in this league already. Uh, but yeah, this is an insane move, right, Joe? Like, what do you think? What are your thoughts? Yeah, uh, it's um, seemingly out of nowhere. I, I get the impression they may not have. Uh, intended to announce this and then uh i think it got leaked or something and so it was more of just like yeah sure enough the rumor is true you know now focus back on the tournament but um uh but, but yeah definitely uh definitely to sad to see him go as far as um uh, as far as europe it, it's uh you know obviously the 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 viewership and, and fans and stuff aren't you know significantly shrinking i wouldn't think in europe but um certainly the the shift of the league overall uh yeah definitely moving more towards the focus focus in north america which eh, as the north america viewer is fine but um, <laughs> the, you know the uh it, it overall may not be the best um for what the league may want to do but um but yeah i'm really interested to see if they if they hang on to the eternal obviously the 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 rooster logo kind of thing was pretty 
pretty unique to, to France and to Paris uh, in terms of like the the lore and the meaning and whatever. But uh, but yeah, definitely interesting. And obviously that won't happen until uh, next season anyway. Yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll see if they rebrand at all. I like the Eternals branding, but it is very Paris. Like, let's be honest, it is extremely European and extremely Paris. Everything about it, the colors, it's just Paris. All right, next piece of news, New York Excelsior to retire Sable Bee's jersey number uh, and names Flora their new captain. Uh, you got to admit, Excelsior, they're doing a lot um, with their social media ever since they moved back to um, NA. They've, they've been doing a documentary series. Uh, they're just doing a lot of stuff to connect with the fans, which is cool to see. Um, and they announced the retiring Sable Bee's jersey number. What was his jersey number again, even? Two? Uh, I couldn't tell you. Has there been another jersey that has been um, retired? Because I I can't recall, but but it feels like there has been. Not that I can think of, but it it may well be. Um, Yeah, I don't remember what his jersey number was on um, New York, but I feel like his jersey number on Seoul was like 50-something. I can't remember. But uh, yeah, that number's retired and you won't see it ever again. So um, good for them. That's fun. Always fun to retire a number. Uh, and Flora's new camp, Flora's new captain. Uh, it, that was the only player they kept from last year. So that would make sense, I guess. Um, cool to see. Hopefully they get better results, though. That's that's all they need. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, all right, and then as far as uh, <coughs> topics to round off the show, we'll do our power rankings next week uh, for midseason madness, and then let's just talk about what we were talking about earlier. What do you what do you think needs to be done with these midseason madness qualifiers? Because it's a hot topic right now. Uh, even uh, Brad from the Atlanta Rain, a team that uh, benefits from this, tweeting that it is unfair how snowbally this is. Basically, uh, since they are taking uh, they're using a combination of midseason madness and kickoff clash standings to qualify for the midseason madness. Uh, it's just going to snowball because a bunch of all the teams who went to the tournament this weekend they got extra league points, um, which is just going to help them snowball into the midseason madness. And it's very likely we get a very similar team pool uh, as we got from the kickoff clash. What do you think about this, Joe? Do you think it should be? A uh, combination of these standings, like, is there a fix in mind you would have, or you know, it's a complicated situation. Yeah, and it is definitely an odd one. That uh, yeah, I don't know if there's um, a, a good fix that hasn't already been proposed. In that, you know, at some point, I think the best option is probably just to uh, remove those um, uh, points calculations for um, the the midseason qualifiers, and obviously. Um, the, you know the the logic there, the 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 points of the way they're doing it is to make it more of the you know literally like a halfway point check in kind of for uh, postseason playoffs in terms of you know that that it should reflect from the whole season up until that point um, is their logic because that makes it nice for cross region and all that kind of stuff. Excuse me, but yeah, at the same time, um, it, it definitely is, uh, you know, against what um, has has happened with the league in the past in terms of you know the the consistent um, um, self contained uh, monthly tournaments. But also, um, yeah, it, it definitely means that we may um, the the effects of it um, is is still true that we may see similar teams. Um, you know, as we did the first time, as far as, you know, the, the logic makes sense. Uh, and I think, I assume what most people are complaining about now at this point is more of just the effect, um, the effect that we may see, but yeah, um, it, it's, it's a, a tricky balance, uh, and one that, um, is, you know, it may, maybe, uh, some kind of disservice to, to some of the teams is, is the, is the concern. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's you look at the standings, it makes a huge difference. I mean, look at the uh, I mean, I think in APAC, the top four is like clearly better than the bottom three. But the standings reflect that with just how many like Philly Fusion is are three points ahead of the Chengdu Hunters right now 
in fourth. So it's going to be so hard for the Hunters, Valiant, and Charge to try to make it. They are way far behind. Um, I don't think it's it's not as far in the NA standings, but it's still not good. <laughs> um, it's going to be very hard for these teams, Spitfire, Uprising, Excelsior, Paris, Vancouver, to try to make it because they're, they're already behind. Um, especially for London, who should be tied with Atlanta and Justice in the standings, but they aren't. They're below them. Um, so, yeah, I, I, overall, I think it's... <laughs> I think it's a smart idea to do both the kickoff clash and midseason madness like together. Um, but maybe I agree with you, Joe. Maybe just take away the points. Maybe the points are only for the end. They're only for the playoffs, the ter- points you get in tournaments. Uh, because those points just, it snowballed everyone. It snowballed all the good teams here. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's all I have to say about it. Um Hopefully they fix something. It seems like they're pretty active in trying to fix things this year, so we'll see what happens. Um, oh yeah, that's that's definitely a plus of uh, the way uh, some of these things are set up. Yeah, um, and I'm just excited to see you know what the um, this next tournament cycle has in store. We haven't really heard a lot uh, at this point. You know, are, are we? Um, the, you know, we haven't we haven't seen the patch officially. Uh, unless unless we have you know but if there's gonna be any additional changes we haven't seen uh, a map pool change potentially I would love to see uh, a map pool change because I got some or I, I saw somewhere that they had um, uh, done done lots of work for example on that Rio uh, I believe it's a hybrid map um, like we could see them playing on that maybe you know it's, it's hard to say but um, some of that variety would be nice yeah too. hopefully get a new map or a new hero or something That'd be fun. Um, but who knows? Let's not set our expectations too high, Joe. Let's keep them low. Um, but yeah, thank you all for listening. Uh, we'll, of course, have another episode next week, mainly talk about power rankings and predict the first weekend of midseason madness. Um, so that will be exciting. Uh, but if you want to follow us on Twitter, my Twitter is at JWGeorgeIV. Joe's is at Kirkpatrick underscore Inc. INC. And our show's Twitter is at On The Flank Show. You're listening to this in one way. If you want to listen to it in a different way, go to on-the-flank.pinecast.co or on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play. Thank you guys for listening. Enjoy a little weekend off here before the midseason madness.